Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. It's time for not just blowing smoke, peeps. I'm coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire, where it is raining buckets. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever you get your podcasts from. If you're streaming live, you're on YouTube tonight because Facebook has shit the bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad. Anyway, uh, I'm Pastor Padron. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat, Pat Puente, and Dave, Dave and Confused. Paul, Pablo Maduro, is on vacation tonight. And tonight we're going to be talking about uh, cigar lounges, what your expectations should be in a cigar lounge, what kind of experiences you should be looking for in a good lounge, and cigar lounge etiquette. And while we have that conversation, we are going to be smoking and reviewing this. This is the Tatawahe T110 Reserva which is from 2021. There were 2,400 boxes of 25 cigars. That's 60,000 cigars total mm. done for this limited release. Once these are gone, we're probably not going to see them for another three, four, five years because that's what Tatawahe does with their limited releases. They release them every few years. It's a U.S. Connecticut broadleaf wrapper around Nicaraguan binder filler. Um, you can get the cigar in the uh, Sumatra, the Capa Special, and the um, Habano. Uh, both of those are harder to find. Um, the broadleaf is, and but all of them, let me go back, uh, all of them are short robustos at four and three eighths inches long and 52 ring gauge. And interestingly, the name, the T110, the T um, uh, originally stood for thermonuclear. Although I would tell you, I don't think there's anything thermonuclear about these nope. cigars as Not they anymore. currently are. Um, that original blend um, morphed into what's now the. Uh, Fausto blend cigar by Tatawahe. Um, And the 110 references the length of the cigar in millimeters. 110 millimeters in length. Millimeters. Millimeters. And we are pairing with it this rum. We've had it on the show before. The Pampero Anniversario. Um, Yeah, Reserva Exclusiva. It is a great rum. It's aged for anywhere between two and eight years in oak barrels. Mm. It is some good stuff. Very nice. And uh, it's going to pair very nicely, I think, with the broadleaf 
wrapper on the cigar here. Yep. And uh, let's get right into it. So we have a few minutes to smoke the cigar and drink the, uh, the rum and, and think about the pairing and stuff. What makes a good cigar lounge? Um, you know, I think that's a question that um, is, is definitely worth asking. And, you know, what... Dave, when you go into a, a cigar shop, have you been to other cigar shops other than Twins? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you've you've been. We've all been to to lounge. We've all been to cigar lounges before, right? I I mean, I've probably been to them more than both of you, being that I've smoked longer than mm-hmm. well, almost longer than you've been alive, Pat. I believe it. Yeah. But um, what what are some of the things you look for when you uh, look at a cigar lounge. Well, I think that <clears throat> mm, someone doesn't have their phone on silent. Apparently not. Mm. And uh, the uh, one of the first things I, I look for is uh, silent phones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, but, you uh, never find that in a cigar lounge. <laughs> you find that in a cigar lounge, you let me know. After working at Twins, it's uh, I have to say it's con- cleanliness. Cle- what? Clen- cleanliness cleanliness yeah yeah it's it's uh now when i go into a place and i look around and it's dusty and they haven't like you know wiped the nicotine off the walls in mm-hmm. a couple decades it's kind of like ew, you mm. know um that that would be my t- number one my uh my number two would probably be uh um air quality mm. you know there you go what about you um pat so almost like what dave said except mine's more of a general term i just think kind of just like the overall atmosphere Mm -hmm. a lot of the places i've been to that i haven't really been satisfied with is you know it's don't name places i'm not i'm not don't it's don't shame people on right it's a cigar shop Mm -hmm. and then you can tell when they just kind of did the bare minimum to just claim they have a lounge like whether Mm -hmm. it's only a couple seats there's no air quality there's no like it just seems like it's just five-year-old so in the corner you know and it's just like so well, i just kind of look for like those those kind of things yeah okay and i all biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. is when there's smoking allowed where the cigars are being sold like it, it like for instance how it twins we don't allow people to go smoke cigars in the humidor right i look at that highly like if so like i don't like places Mm. that have humidors where smoking's supposed to be going on i didn't mention that just because i thought that was like so much of a no-no that it was obvious like if you're if you're doing that you're doing it wrong and it needs to stop like asap (laughs) Mm. there's some good points there um i got some points here down a couple of you guys mentioned them already but um you know for me, you know, the first thing I think you should look for is a clean and relaxed and comfortable atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You want to go into a place that's that you feel comfortable. And I would argue, you know, at least for me personally, I like cigar shops where, you know, I can go in them or I can go into the lounge. And if my wife drops in on me, I don't feel embarrassed that I'm there. Mm-hmm. There have been some shops that I've been in where I would not want my wife to find me at that place because of the state of it, 
because of naked chicks sitting naked on wells sitting you know on, sitting that are on handcuffed wells, to you know, it yeah. handcuffs <laughs> because no but, well because because of you know uh shops can go all over the place you know and um um but i it should be comfortable and everybody should feel welcome there you know so like if a if a couple came in i would want you know the the gal or the girlfriend or the wife to feel like she could be there too and not feel like she was in some, you know, dungeon from the Middle Ages kind of a place. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I think you also want to look for a, a place where they have a solid selection of cigars. It doesn't have to be huge. Not every place <coughs> can carry everything, you know, but, you know, you want to find a place where they've got a decent selection a solid selection of stuff there's something for everybody whether it's you know mild medium or full-bodied cigars um you know you you mm -hmm. can have you can have a really good place and have 100 facings or 50 facings but if they're all the same thing or they're all just half full or less mm -hmm. i that's that's a kind of a red flag for me um i think you also want knowledgeable tobacconists or staff you know there's so many places i know that just hire anybody and everybody um i frequented a place once where you know the one of the the full-time people was this uh um cute gal and she was she was awesome she was nice she was friendly but she was a cigarette smoker and didn't know anything about cigars and you know so you know she'd be very glad to help you as far as she could showing you where things were but she couldn't really recommend anything mm. because that wasn't her thing and so i think finding a place where you know people actually know what you're talking about that's one of the things i love about twins is that they, you know, really, they do a good job training their staff. And beyond that, they want their staff to become certified tobacconists through Tobacconist University. And so they're, they're looking for people who are not just there to hit the cash register, but they're there to actually help you have the best experience that you want. And I, I really appreciate that. And to your point, one of the things that I look for, too, is, you know, if you say you have a lounge, that means more than, like, one or two chairs. <laughs> mm. A lounge is something where a, a number of people can get together. And, again, it doesn't have to be huge. It can be five or six or something like that. Um, I would say the minimum for, like, a, a definition for a lounge would be four. At least four. Chairs or, like, tables? Places to sit. Yeah. There has to be at least, I mean, right? I mean, if you just have two or three chairs there, then you've got a chair for you to sit in and maybe a couple of your friends, mm -hmm. right? But four, would you say that's a decent, like, minimum? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many chairs are typically set up in Hooksit, but... I'd say I'd a half say dozen, you know? This six. is probably what I would say would satisfy, like, my minimum. Uh, what's in hooks it yeah like this is like it's, the ideal lounge hooks it. i think that's fine 
right there. I mean, it, it depends how big the humidor is. Mm. I mean, if you have like a small like boutique shop, mm. obviously you're not going to have this huge extravagant lounge. But I mean, right. like Hook sits a little bit. Well, I'd Hook say a bigger store. much smaller than Londonderry, but right. the lounge for the size I think is adequate. Adequate, yeah. 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 And then you have Londonderry, which is much bigger, and then you mm. have an entire floor dedicated to the lounge. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's all based on. Because when you come in, you see a huge selection. Your expectations a little bit more. Like raise, right, you right, have more right. clientele That's coming true. in. That's true. So then you expect to be able to sit down and smoke. But if it's a so small the, little place, the larger selection of cigars, the more seats you should have if you have a lounge. Yeah, yeah. And um, we understand not all stores can have lounges at all. You know, um, but um, you know, if you can. You want to make it the best experience you can. You know, the, it's it's a place for people to get together and enjoy um, smoking cigars, smoking pipes, either one together. Um, one of the big things for me, too, which you know, I, I'm sure is important to you guys as well, but didn't bring up in this particular thing, is that there needs to be an adequate number of ashtrays. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having one big ashtray in the middle of the room where people have to keep getting up and, you know, I, I want to see, I would like to see everybody have their own ashtray or at least no more than two people have it to share an ashtray. I think that that is a sign of a good lounge where there's And if there are two people sharing an ashtray, it should be big enough for two people. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now... I think that's what you should, those are kind of expectations of maybe what you should be looking for at a cigar lounge. Now, what should you expect from the retailer who is providing the lounge? And um, we can talk about these these things here. The first thing I think you should have, and, and we've mentioned it kind of up above, is attentive tobacconists or staff. You know, you don't want people who you don't want to go to the lounge and then be forgotten. And, you know, you, you want the staff to come over or the tobacconist to come over and check on you, see how you are. How are you enjoying the cigar? Is everything good? You know, we've all been to places probably where we go, we sit and we never see another employee again. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you been to places like that, Pat? Yeah. yeah. Dave, and what's 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 your thought when you go to a place and you go you buy your cigar you you have your cigar you go you sit, and then you never see an employee again. What's what's your? Are you glad they don't come back or? I know? just don't think they take their business seriously. You know. Why you know, so? Why is that, it important to you? I think it's uh it's important to me, because um. Well, me for me, I like to know how someone's enjoying the cigar I just sold them. Mm-hmm. I like to, I like to, you know, keep the ashtrays clean because it just looks nice if anybody just walks in. Yep. Um, and you know, I think it's uh, you know, it's good, it's good manners, mm. you know, and it's it's showing it's showing that you care. Um, but I mean, I think. If you're selling someone a cigar to relax, I think you should want to know if they're relaxing. <laughs> Good point. You know? So. What about mm. you, Pat? 
I, I basically concur with Dave. I mean, with me, when I'm selling somebody a cigar, if especially if it's someone that was listening to me and was seeking my feedback and I spent some time with them, like mm -hmm. I'm going to make it a priority at some point before they leave to go upstairs in Londonderry and make sure that they're enjoying it. Yeah. Only just to know that I succeeded and also to kind of like, you know, grade myself. Like, was this suggestion good for this kind of a palette? Like, right. where can I get better? Why wouldn't, why? And then if someone ever didn't like it, which I haven't had mm -hmm. yet, um, you know. I rarely get that either. And, and that's very important to me. It's, it's important to me as, as a tobacconist that I have, if I have suggested a cigar that somebody has not tried before, that I asked the right questions paid enough attention or know enough about what the customer likes and has smoked in the past to be able to suggest something that, that they would like, uh, you know, that's very important to me. I, mm -hmm. I call, I refer to it as my batting average. Yeah. My batting average is very high. And, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. And so I do, I, I do what you do. I, I check up on people. Um, and then the other thing to add on to that too is, Obviously, I would look for staff that's at least tentative enough to dump an ashtray when it's full. But mm -hmm. with that being said, like I kind of take that as another opportunity. So even if I didn't sell somebody a cigar, and I see like you know a half-smoked cigar in an ashtray, like I'll ask why you know what was wrong with that cigar? Why did you only smoke half the cigar? Mm -hmm. Just to see what they say. Whether it's they that's just when they because a lot of people think when the ban hits is when you're done. You know, yeah. Whatever. But I just like to know that just so I can you know, kind of keeping it back in my mind, whether it was a bad experience mm. or if there's something that we did or just might, might have just been the selection or what right, it was, you right, know? Right, Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons for that. Um, and then echoing what, what Dave said at the beginning, I think something that is sometimes really overlooked in cigar shops because they're mostly run by guys and attended to by guys is that the place should be clean. And big thing i think is the restrooms being clean you can tell a lot about the care that is given to a shop by you know going into the restroom and seeing what it's like you know i i know um places where you know customers tell me they won't go to the bathroom in a particular shop because it's so dirty and you know, that's, that's not good business. Like you were saying, Dave, and, uh, um, you know, it's another thing that I think is one of Kurt's big pet peeves. And I think rightly so he, he likes things really, really clean. Um, and, uh, I, we get a lot of return business just because of the place looking the way it does. And I, there's, there's, you know, being in a, a in a house with three teenage girls uh and if you don't have kids and you don't have girls girls are messy and then i have two dogs and one of them is in a chewing phase mm. so it's messy you know any kind of paper or cardboard i come home place is shredded let me tell you there's something very relaxing about being in a clean place mm. <laughs> You know, it's easy to relax. It's easy to enjoy yourself um, when it's clean, and I think that's a big thing that cigar shops need to need to work on. Absolutely. Um, both of you have mentioned regular cleaning of ashtrays. That's a big thing for me too. I think it's only polite. I think it's and 
here at the Hooksit location of Twins, where the tobacconist, you know, is also responsible for taking care of the lounge. And that's a really important thing to be to be doing. You you want people to it lets people know that you care about them, that you're watching, you know, to making sure they're okay. It's like a waitress coming and making sure that your drinks are still full, that you're still eating. You know, it's it's that kind of a thing. I think it's really important to do. And um, mm-hmm. and then you also said, Dave, having a smoke eater, some kind of thing to deal with the smoke. I know stores, and I've I've uh, worked at stores where the smoke eater was the front door. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's great in the summertime, but in the wintertime, it really sucks. Not so much. Yeah. You know, and yeah, when you open the door in the winter, that you can watch the smoke just shoot out the door, but then so does the heat. And, you know, it's, you know, see, obviously when you, when you come into a shop, you should expect some smoke. When people come into a smoke shop in a lounge and they're like, oh, there's kind of smoke in here. Yeah, there's people smoking in here. Duh. You know, but I think, you know, obviously if there's nothing at all, you know, that smoke is just going to hang around. You do, you do need something to, to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's not just opening the door seasonally that's acceptable i think but not all the time is there anything else you guys would add to that what what they should expect from a retailer as far as providing a a good lounge just um and then having i mean we kind of touched on it but just having knowledge of the product you know like i think anyone coming off the street should be able to come into a lounge well actually that, that that touches on the point too is the kind of service you provide. Mm. So to me, a lounge at least that I think is adequate is I can drive in, have nothing on me, know very little about cigars, and then be set up. Like I don't have yeah. to bring a cutter, a lighter, cigars or anything. Right. To me that's how it should and I should have someone that's able to teach me how to cut it, how to light it, yes. and then what to get that I'm gonna enjoy. Because I mean at the end of the day you're selling, you know, like an hour to two hour experience you're not just selling selling a quick little shot of something you know you're so if you make that experience really bad you know it's going to be hard to retain that because i'm not going to waste another one or two hours of my life doing that again you know so right yeah no that's true that's very true dave do you have anything to add nope nope all right i'm good then let's talk a little bit about the the cigar here and the pairing and stuff you know what what are you guys picking up with the cigar how do you think it's going with the um pompero um i'm getting a lot of a lot of earth mm-hmm. um definitely some some kind of like baking spice um very smooth um the retro hail is is uh also very smooth mm-hmm. uh, maybe some some pepper and Maybe a little, even a little salt. I'm getting. I haven't, I haven't tried the drink yet. I can yet. pick up the salt in the retro. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? So, Pat, for those who are just listening, Pat. Yeah. Twenty. Twenty. It's a medium plus to full body. The strength on this isn't Ooh. too intense, but I know mm-hmm. it's advertised to be Bears. more than a medium, the medium plus strength. Yeah. Um, it has a nice thick, creamy texture. It kind of coats your palate. Yeah. It has a nice like dark rich oak wood flavor to it some baking spice like dave said 
and it has like it's kind of like an underlying sweetness mm -hmm. and then the drink to me is intensifying the pepper a little bit just because it mm -hmm. has like this kind of it's like an umami, a, it's kind umami. Of a, yeah umami yeah but like the sweetness you know it's savory yeah so yeah the drink's adding a little bit of pepper to me yeah i get that now that now that i uh, just tried it what's you know there there is a real kind of oakiness to the cigar and the rum which has been aged in the oak barrels just totally brings that more to the front uh i am getting a little bit more spice on it with the drink as well um and you know uh, Connecticut Broadleaf has a natural kind of deep, almost like a black grape kind of sweetness to it. And I think the the rum with its molasses and oaky kind of flavors yeah. really, really mm. plays well with it. Like it's a really berry good. molasses, mm. you know? You had said like blackberry black, before. Yeah, yeah blackberry, yep. I think it, you know how we you know how we did the uh, the factory 57s and the Jack Daniels barrel? Mm -hmm. That's how this tastes to me. Mm. Like, because you get like that blackberry taste from those. Yeah. That's what it tastes yep. like to me. Yep. It's very, very good. The pairing is great. Yep. Um, much better than last week's. <laughs> 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 much to my own chagrin there. But, mm. um, so is this your pairing or Paul's farewell this is my pairing? pairing? This is my pairing. Nice. It's, uh, yeah, well, let's be cheers. clear. Paul is coming back next week. Cheers. cheers. There we go. Um, he's just on vacation for a week. He's in the Florida Keys. Um, <laughs> I wanted to have Tequila nice Talia with us tonight, but, uh, she's, you know, got her own health issues going on right now. And we're all praying for you, Talia. Mm -hmm. Salute. Oh. Salute. Mm. Yep. Of course, we're not drinking anything she carries, but you know what the heck. There you go. Um, I want to talk about uh, ten do's and don'ts. Mm. Ten. 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 That's ten a lot of do's and don'ts. Like the like the the commandments. Uh, I was just going to say that's very commandment. Pa the pastor's commandments for lounge etiquette. If you are trying, if protocol. you come into a lounge, and this is as a customer, as a consumer, as somebody coming into the store, mm -hmm. and you're coming into a, a lounge, and you're going to be interacting with other people in the lounge, these are 10 things to keep you from being that guy that is talked about after you leave in negative terms. Mm. Okay. Number 10? Uh, number one. Number we'll start one. with number one. And number these one. aren't in any particular order. Yeah. Okay. But but the don'ts are first and first the do's are last. Okay. So first okay. on the list. The don't. Don't yeah. be offensive. Be thoughtful about the subjects that you bring up for conversation. And, you know, one of, one of the, here, here's a, an, an example. Politics. Mm. Okay. People come into a lounge, they um, get the cigar, walks. they sit down, and they want to relax. They want to enjoy things. And people come in. Um, it's true at our shop, and so I'm sure it's true for almost every shop. They're from all political walks of life. Some are conservative. Some are liberal. They're everywhere in between. And if you start saying, you know, this political view or that political view you can be turning people, you know, off without even 
knowing it. And so I think you need to be careful about what you talk about. Is that worth putting on the list? You oh, think? absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's, um, it's, I see it, I've seen it happen. Yeah. You know? And some people won't come back or won't talk mm -hmm. if yep. they feel uncomfortable because their views on a subject or a political thing or a religious thing are not the same as yours. Mm -hmm. And you seem like the real alpha guy or gal, um, you know, that can really turn people off. So be, be really mindful that you're not being offensive to people. And if you're the one that's offended, be respectful. Everybody has an opinion. Right, Pat? Right. You can smile, Pat. You can <laughs> smile. You're on a podcast for Pete's sake. Smile. For Pat's sake. Smart. For Pat's sake. <laughs> smile. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, don't be number. judgmental about what others are smoking or showing off what you're smoking. Mm -hmm. You know, this is one of the things I love about cigar shops. You know, the guy who, you know, makes a few hundred dollars a week, blue collar, you know, laborer can come in to the shop, get a cigar and sit down and be with the guy who's making, you know, $10,000 a week and get a cigar and sit down and they can have all sorts of fun together. But if the one starts talking to the other about how great their cigar is or, or about how lousy their cigar is, things can go downhill really fast. Don't, don't be that guy. I'm don't happy. I'm happy. That. I haven't seen that happen yet, but one of the things I have witnessed is, um, guys that I know make a ton of money always going into the bargain bin. And I just think it's funny. You know. oh, and again, you don't. You just don't want to. You know, they, they're choosing to put yeah. their money into their other toys. But again, you know, that's <clears> the <throat> other thing is taste is, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. So, right. Yeah, right. it's not everyone has to like Opus. <laughs> no. Not well, it's yeah, I mean, taste is subjective too. And yep. I mean, yep. like the I, I'm drawing on the name. What's the new cigar we have at Twins right now? The Fiat Lux. The, yeah, Fiat Lux, that's yeah. eight dollars, mm -hmm. and I mean. I, I that that cigar is good to the point where I'd be in a mood for that kind of a flavor profile, and I'd reach to that even though it's you know seven or eight bucks over something that may be twelve to sixteen, just because of how good that cigar is. I right. just think the way cigars are nowadays, like in some situations, the price can improve what the smoke's going to be, but I think overall, you know, if you buy a six dollar cigar, they might be it might not even be the money; it might just be that's just what you like to smoke. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, of, right you there. know, Charter Oak's a great example yep. of that. Uh -huh. I, if somebody offered me a Charter Oak, I'd I would, take it I'd without be, thinking twice. Yep. It's a great cigar. Mm -hmm. They're all, you know, right around seven bucks or less, depending on the size. And, you know, I, I would pay a couple bucks more for that cigar and not feel like I was getting robbed. Now, if you're listening out there, Mr. Nicaragua, don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not telling you to raise your prices, but it's a really good cigar for the money. And and so I don't think you can judge somebody on on uh, what they spent on a cigar, certainly. But even if somebody's smoking, you know, some no-name brand or store brand thing, let them enjoy it. And I, I know people who, who um, will buy very expensive cigars, and then when they go up to the lounge, they take the band off. Because they don't ever want that to be some kind of thing like they're showing off 
they're smoking at Davidoff or Natabay or a Byron or, you know, some really high-end cigar. They don't want to be that dude. They take the band off. I don't know that you need to go that far, um, but I appreciate their concern that they don't make other people feel uncomfortable about what they're smoking mm -hmm. because of what you're smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, third, don't be a mooch. Moochy moo. Cigar people, you know, are some of the most generous people I know and are often willing to share what they have. But I also have worked in a number of places where there are customers who come in and they are they come in looking for somebody to give them a cigar don't be that guy don't be the mooch do we need to say any more about that oh it must be free it's not ringing up yeah oh <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time i heard that i'd be a millionaire good mm. grief i hate that it was like this weird unsaid thing with cigars too that when and you don't have to do it but it's just i've noticed this within me smoking for the past year is when you give somebody a cigar it's almost like this thing where it's like eventually they're going to give you a cigar it's almost like because with me it started off with me like i would give cigars to people that i mm -hmm. enjoyed because not just to do like a trade but because this is something i enjoy i think you're going to like it right and then you know down the road I get handed a cigar from them because it's one that they like and they think I'm going to enjoy it. Right. Not saying that that has to happen, but I've just kind of noticed naturally that's kind of how the environment in a lounge is, is you just, everyone wants you to try something that they enjoy and everyone kind of right. like switches through. And, and, you know, if that's what it is, that's fine. You know, if you're giving to get, you're not giving, you're trading. Yeah. All mm -hmm. right. You know. We have a, a, a great friend who actually gave us some cigars before before he left. Mm -hmm. He's not expecting anything in return. He just enjoys sharing what he has and what he enjoys. And, you know, that's a great thing, you know, but we don't all, you know, expect, you know, customers like that or friends like that to be giving us cigars every time they come by. You know, that's that's that's. That's not the right way to do things. So don't be a mooch. Don't be a mooch. Um, this one, this next one, uh, number four here, may be a little bit weird, but I've seen mm. it happen. Um, mm. You don't, piqued my interest. Don't blow smoke in other people's Oh, I have, I have one I don't think that. that's weird. You know, that's just and, rude. And there are some times where, I, you know, I've seen people smoking a cigar and they're constantly... I have a better one than that. And and they're sitting right next to somebody and because of the way the the fans blowing or the it goes right into the next person so they can't even taste their own cigar because you're just making as much smoke as possible and it's going into and you're either do I'm not talking about like doing that. I don't know many people that actually do that. But smoke in such a way is that your smoke becomes an annoyance in somebody else's face. Well, there's someone that comes in sometimes that this is what he'll do. He'll sit at the bar and they'll do this. <laughs> I'm not even, and honestly, I didn't even do it as intense he does it. Like, 
I was at the dishwasher once, and he was in chair one, mm-hmm. and the smoke was reaching the dishwasher. <laughs> That's how I, I, it was. Like one of those like carnival like balloon games. You're trying to like, just get the water <laughs> in the balloon, and then he's just very automated. He's like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like, you know, he's just making a bunch of weird, unneeded noises. He's shooting the smoke. Yeah, like, it's annoying. It's it's doing things that shouldn't be done. It's like I saw on uh on twitter today a picture of a guy who was showing that that uh just because you have and and, and it's kind of a dink move really but it was still it was still funny showing how just because a door has a card entry doesn't mean you can't get the door open from the other side and he took a can of condensed air and he blew it through the top of the door and it triggered the exit release on the other side of the door and the door opened and so he didn't need a card to get into where where he wanted to go he just sprayed some condensed air mm-hmm. and the thing opened up but it, it's it's that kind of a thing your your blowing can can do things that um you know are meant to not happen and 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 get reactions that you don't want mm-hmm Right. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I, whenever that's happening, I just get very annoyed. Mm. And then uh, number five. Oh. Number five. Number five. Don't <clears throat> stamp out your cigar in the ashtray. Yes. Please it's don't. It's a good thing that Paul's going Let it for this rest. One. Let you it know, rest. When you stamp out your cigar, don't pull it, a Thor. It releases a whole bunch of. Uh, oils and um, you know build up in the cigar and it, it it smells horrible and it's also very difficult to clean but when you do that um, it marks that... the ashtray sometimes permanently yeah yeah I was too. gonna say like when you know some shops have really nice ashtrays and mm-hmm. I know at twins we have antique ashtrays right. like those ones that go by the chairs like mm-hmm. and it's you know it's transparent so when you do that Essentially and damaging it, the antique, you know? Yeah, it burns the glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Let it rest. Let it go out by All you have don't. to do to put out your cigar Let it is rest. that. Yep. That's all you need to do, people. It will go out on its own. It's not a cigarette. It's This isn't something that you have to worry about, you know, being some kind of bomb timer. It's going to go out on its own in less than a minute. So just lay it down in the ashtray. When you're done with it, that's all you need to do. Don't go like this and scrape it around. And it's not a cigarette. It's not the same thing. Also, okay. I cheated and looked at your list, and I'm going to make this a list of eleven because mm. this big one's not this on it. This one goes to eleven. So, <laughs> and this is my number one. If I had a list of eleven, yeah. is an ashtray isn't a trash can. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's one of my big things. So. <laughs> don't put paper, don't put food, don't put gum. anything that's, yeah, gum, don't put anything that's not, like, ash. cigar stuff or pipe tobacco ash mm-hmm. in this. Like, bands, yeah. fine, but anything yeah. else. Like, we don't want a bonfire, you mm-hmm. know, you don't want the poor guy whose name's probably Pat taking pizza cheese out of it, you know? Pizza cheese. Pizza cheese, like, wow. Pizza cheese in the ashtray. You know, there was a, a p- slice of pizza, like, melted in your ashtray once. It was, like, 90-something out on the patio. Just this piece of pizza was just, like, I, I had to scrape the cheese off of it. 
I was so gross. guilty of that. Like I would put everything in it, bottle caps, everything. Yeah. I don't. I just you know to me it was a trash tray. It wasn't an ashtray. But you know after being yelled at by you and Heather for so long, mm-hmm. I've, I've cleaned up my protocol. That's very good, Dave. But you know it's you're a, one step closer to being that totally awesome tobacconist that I know you can be. One baby step at a time. <laughs> but yeah, it's and that's a good that's a good word, Dave. It's not a trash tray; it's an ashtray. Yep. Use it for what it is. Um, okay, so now that we're at number six on my list, or seven if you're tracking with Pat here, let's look at the positive stuff. Uh, do uh, be generous, cigar people are generous people Mm. you know and if you bring a bunch of cigars and you see somebody doesn't have one you know be willing to share your stuff and if somebody asks can i can i borrow your cutter can i borrow your lighter generally speaking be willing to do that now here's the exception if if said person goes like this can i borrow your cutter don't give them the cutter no tell them you know go get something bite it off bite it off paul you know use your or buy one use your hands and and use your fingernails and and you know but be generous with with your stuff you know cigar people are very generous people some of the most generous people i know to be honest um i see more giving going on in a cigar lounge than i do you know at most churches and it shouldn't be that way but that's the way it is be very generous. If you are at a BYOB lounge and you bring a bottle of stuff, you know, um, and this happens here, it, it hooks it where this is a BYOB location, you know, uh, somebody comes in, you know, say, you know, you want a little bit of this? You want some of this? You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, don't just come just... in and put out a big bottle yeah. and, and, and not that, you know, you need to, advertise it or whatever but you know if if you don't want to share it then kind of keep it to yourself or bring a bring a flask or something like that but you know be generous with what you have with you with the with the people around you like our customer who dropped off a huge bottle of elijah craig just for the people of the lounge that was so nice uh 175 of elijah craig small batch i'm looking at it right now yeah it's half empty already yep um that was very, very generous of uh, that person. Can we say who that person was? I don't think she minds. Heather. Heather yes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Yep. It was very good. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, number seven. Do uh, ask to join in on conversation that you are not already a part of. If you hear conversations going on and you want to take part in it, don't just get up and assume that you can join in. You know, ask, do you mind if I jump in on that? Because it might be a private conversation. It might be something going on between friends. Um, and just because there's there's conversation going on, it's not automatic invitation for you to jump in there. Yep. Uh, good rule of thumb in, you know, know your audience, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, then don't. <laughs> like and then, that. yeah, retrospectively, if you go to a lounge, expect people are going to want to talk to you. Yes. 
and that's that's another thing on my list if you're in a public lounge do expect people to come up and talk to you because it is public yep and um you know be nice be respectful if you want to be left alone i think you can say that um but uh do expect to be asked you know hey how you doing what's up i haven't seen you here before or i see you all the time and you never say nothing to anybody yeah there's a reason for that <laughs> <laughs> but do expect to be uh, talked to uh, if you come to a cigar lounge. Um, and then uh, number nine would be be respectful of what other, other people want to or don't want to watch or listen to. Mm. If, you, if there's music that you're able to play, you know, be respectful of that. Um, you know, we have one employee at Twins who loves to turn on the salsa. <laughs> I hate salsa. Yep. I hate salsa music. Now, you know, but when he's there and that's what he's playing, you know, I don't, I don't mess with that. But if I'm there and I've turned on the music to, to stations and, and, and I'm in the middle of listening to it and all of a sudden it changes to salsa without me being consulted. I'm like, what the heck, dude? I was listening to that. And that goes too with the television. Mm. And maybe especially with the television. You know, I think I think there are certain things that should never be on in a cigar shop. There should never be soap operas on at a cigar shop i should never walk into a cigar shop and see one life to live playing i should never walk into a soap op uh, to a to a cigar shop and and see um drew Bar the drew barrymore show on on the thing i get skeevy when there's food network stuff on but i understand food and cigars are a big thing some people are into that I'm not into that. I can understand when, you know, people are watching home improvement stuff. You know, cigar guys or gals can be really into that. That's not me. But, you know, don't monopolize the TV or the music when there are other people in the shop who want to be watching something else. And just because you want to watch your thing, just because you got there first, doesn't mean you get to control everything that's going on when there's a bunch of people mm -hmm. in the shop. Yeah. Right? I, I like to see how long people can go without it being on. Mm, do you? Yep. Um, that'll come back uh, later in that little, little thing that I have here. Um, and then last, number 10. Be clean. And I'm not just talking about washing your hands after you use the bathroom, people. Nobody wants to sit next to a dirty person. And I can't tell you how many times people come into the, a shop. Now, I'll be honest, this doesn't happen a whole lot of twins that I know of. But at other places I've worked at, people will come in who have, you, you know once they've sat down, they have not bathed in weeks or they've you know 
they're having incontinence problems. Mm. Or, you know... Yeah, we're not talking about having a hard day at work and you come in and you're covered with paint. That's not what we're no, talking about. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about general hygiene. Mm -hmm. Right? Have you had to deal with any uh, uh, stuff like that up at the uh, 724 lounge? No, mine is someone puking in an ashtray. That's the only gross okay, thing. Okay, that's, that's different. different. I haven't that's had someone different. with just general bad hygiene, no. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I'm also not sitting with people. So. I have I have worked in places where, you know, uh, you know, people, pe regular customers would come in who, you know, just weren't taking care of themselves, and when they leave, you can smell it on the chair. And we, you know, that right. chair is now Their that chair. person's chair and when that person never comes back or when that person croaks that chair is going to get burned <laughs> because no one else is allowed to sit in said chair you know be clean when you come to a place you're you're out in public you're sitting with people you're talking with people take care of yourself it's a it's bad that i have to say that but there you go all right. Um, anything else that you want to add to that other than your your 11th commandment there? No. That, yeah. uh, I think, we I think you follow good. those 10 commandments. You're going to do pretty good with people. Yep. All right. Um, let's let's talk. A, let's let's take a break at this point. We're we're at. Uh, um, we're past our we're past our halfway point mm -hmm. by a fair amount, so uh, we're gonna come back. Well, should we? Gosh, mm. let's let's do the final thing on the cigar here before we switch off. What did what did you think of the cigar and the pairing? It's great. There you go, <laughs> Pat. Did you like the cigar? Yeah, I it I mean the rum really complimented it and I mean the T one ten in general, like I was saying mm. this whole year Tatuahe's done a really good job, like even with the man in the sea release, the T one ten that was fantastic. That was my favorite special release this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean he's and I mean the monsters are coming out this week as we have that Tatuahe event I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in the show. Yeah, but yeah. you know, Pete does such a good job doing his limited releases and the T one ten definitely is one of the more memorable cigars I've smoked in the year of me smoking cigars, and it's just a really enjoyable cigar overall. And I'll be upset when they're gone. Yeah, I have to agree. This is this is one of my favorite um, limited releases from Tatuaje. Mm -hmm. um, the the Sumatra, the Kappa Specialty One Ten, is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, but this mm -hmm. is right up so there good. too. It's really really nice. And if you like broadleaf. This is a really, really good cigar. Yes, uh, sure. And it pairs awesome with the uh, Pampero rum. The oak in the cigar and the oakiness from the rum. Um, What's the retail the on the bottle? Retail on the bottle is twenty-two bucks. No, jeez. Wow. I've, I've had I've had rum that's forty bucks that I haven't enjoyed as much as this. Yeah, this is. It's fantastic. it's it's a really good rum for the money. And like I was saying, like Zacapa XL is my favorite rum. Mm -hmm. And if I was smoking something full-bodied like this, I would probably reach to this because yeah. it's it just has really good flavor and it pairs really. It, it can hold itself with a yeah. full-bodied cigar. Yeah, 
yeah, it's it's a it's a rum that is surprisingly good for the money. Um, so great pairing here. We all agree that's good. Mm -hmm. I've redeemed myself a little yes. bit from last week. A little bit, just right, a bit. Let's take a break and uh, we'll come back with uh, Cornell and Deal's Speakeasy, and we'll keep having this discussion. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back, and we are smoking this Speakeasy by oh. Cornell and Deal. And uh, from the tin, it says, from the roar of jazz music to the revel of old and new friends alike, New Orleans speakeasies are not subtle statements, to say the least. With colorful cocktails lining the bar and wisps of smoke dancing in the dim light, these retro bars embody that daring spirit of one of the city's most iconic areas, something we sought to capture in our bold cellar series, take on the traditional Navy flake, speakeasy Navy blend. An interesting description since it doesn't tell you anything about what it is other than that it is a Navy blend. Uh, it also says its estimated peak is 10 to 15 years. This is part of the cellar series. The cellar series that Cornell and Deal uh, puts out is a series of tobaccos that is blended specifically to be aged. And um, they estimate that this will reach its peak in a decade, decade and a half. Um, it's manufactured by Cornell and Deal, came out first in 2016. It's a Navy Flake, Virginia, Kentucky, and Perique. It has got rum in it. And one of the things I love about Cornell and Deal is... They don't use rum flavoring people when they say there's rum in it. It's rum It's rum. actually rum. And it's not cheap rum. It's good rum. And it is a flake cut uh, tobacco there. And we are continuing to uh, pair the Pompero with this. And um, first impressions here on the uh, tobacco and the uh, drink. Oh, oh man. You know, Speakeasy is so good. It's uh, figgy and... Um, raisiny. It's got this mm -hmm. amazingly textured retro hail. Uh, it's incredibly smooth. It leaves like this nice sweetness uh, in in the mouthfeel for the uh, for the finish. Um, and I haven't tried it with the drink yet, but I think it's I I can't imagine it getting worse. <laughs> no, not with the rum here. Mm -mm. It's gonna be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, those oaky notes and uh, that sweet kind of molasses finish in the rum, I think, is going to complement it really well. Um, deep, ripe fruit notes. Um, occasionally, I get a hint of citrus from this tobacco. Um, the Kentucky brings some added body and earthy flavors to it. Yep. And the Perique, to me, is most noticeable in the retrohale. I get some good Perique spice yep. in the retrohale there. And the rum... Adds a little bit of molasses kind of sweetness that you get on the palate. It's very well balanced, medium bodied. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful tobacco to me. If you like Navy blends, this is definitely something worth trying. Or Virginians. Either one. Mm. You can, if you're a fan of either, this is just a great tobacco. I think the citrus note that you mentioned is coming out with a drink a lot more. Like it is leaving like the sweetness finish. Mm -hmm. But it's also like it's it's there is like a more defined citrusy note there as well, and then the perique is definitely kicking in on the palate on the initial draw for mm -hmm. me, like in the spice. Mm -hmm. It's 
very good stuff here. Mm. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, some things. Hmm. We've talked about how to act at a cigar bar, cigar bar etiquette, when you're relating to other people who are in the cigar bar. Let's talk about some things, uh, how to act, that show the retailer that you appreciate the space that they're offering for you to enjoy smoking <laughs> and cigaring. Let's. And um, the again, these aren't in any particular order. I've got five things here. If you guys think of other things, but I'd, I'd love, I want to throw these out yep. and get your, Let's see what your you take on these things. The, and the first is this. If you intend to use the lounge, make a purchase. Because the lounge is not... The, if a lounge... <coughs> excuse me. If lounge is free, and it is here at, at uh, Twin Smoke Shop, both locations, there's no membership fee. Anybody can go and sit in the lounge and smoke. But it costs money to run that. You need staff to be attentive about the cleaning up, about the ashtrays. You're using electricity. You're using Wi-Fi. And I, I can't imagine a place that doesn't offer Wi-Fi now. Mm. But most places offer Wi-Fi that costs money. If, you're, if the place has a television, they're paying for cable. You're enjoying the heat of the place or the air conditioning of the place. There's money being spent for you to enjoy this place to smoke that is not your own. And I think it is only fair to buy a cigar or buy some pipe tobacco when you're there and then go and smoke. Even, you know, even if it's a place that allows you to smoke other stuff. I never felt right going into a cigar lounge and sitting down if I did not purchase something that I would enjoy down there. Yeah. I you guys it. agree with that? Mm-hmm. Am I off the rocker here? No, I don't think you're off the rocker. But that doesn't mean, I think I'd have to extend that by, like, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, like, if you just came in the day before and bought, like, 30 cigars, and you that's what you brought in, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, you know, you don't have to buy something that day again just to smoke, and I don't think you should feel obligated to do that, you know? Right. Yeah, like I, if no, you're smoking, I agree with If that. you're smoking cigars that you bought at that place... You know, I think that's fine, you know. But if you come in with your own cigars, you bought it at another place or something like that, that's kind of like a like a faux pas. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Pat? Yeah, You're I the mean, legal meister here. Yeah, I mean, just go as a customer, you know, and if you're a previous customer, you're still welcome. You just have to, you know, at one point have solidified yourself as a customer. Because, I mean, if you, mm -hmm. if you go in and you made a big purchase the day before, you know, you should be able to bring a cigar in from that box and not feel like you're overdoing your welcome, you know? And right. Just don't be that guy that, you know, comes off the highway and sees the lounge open, you know, take one of the seats at the bar that open that somebody else wants to have that's spending money and then just sit there and light up whatever you brought in from some other place or yeah. whatever and take up space. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've seen people do this, you know, and, um, Unfortunately, I've seen it happen here at Twins, too, where there's customers who will come in, maybe to meet friends or whatever, but they always bring their own stuff with them. And, you know, 
they're enjoying the lounge without really having to support it in any way at all. And that never leaves a good vibe with the people who are running the place or the people who own the place. So make a purchase if you intend to, intend to use the lounge. And then kind of along with that, uh, the second thing mm-hmm. I have here is to respect the rules of the lounge. Places are different. They have their different things. You know, if a lounge, you know, has a cutting fee, for instance, you bring your cigar from somewhere else and they're going to charge you a fee to sit there. If you're choosing to sit there, don't don't complain about it. Don't bitch about it. Respect the respect the thing that way. Um, maybe the most maybe maybe something that everybody could deal with though is um, opening and closing times. You know, mm. if you know this the the place is closing at a particular time. Don't complain when the TV goes off and the the lights go off. You know when when they're closing. You know if you want to stay and watch a game but the place is closing don't think that the person who who's running the store hates you because they're wanting to get home we've got home we've got families we've got mm-hmm. you know other responsibilities we need to take care of too and and part of respecting the lounges is respecting us and our other responsibilities too you know so yeah it's just respect- like a restaurant you don't walk in five minutes before they close and order i mean that's just rude Right. I walk in 15 before close and I have a church off. Right. Yeah. Have you seen that happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to talk about that? You sound like you need to talk about that. Uh, just just be aware of the hours, <laughs> you know. And it just it, it, the, the mind boggling thing is people that I see very often are still shocked that on Sunday we close early. Mm. And they're here every Sunday. <laughs> it's all oh i didn't know you guys closed at nine well yep we do mm-hmm. right. about, yeah yeah i would say that i am you know i if i and if i do sell someone a cigar with a you know a short amount of time left i'll be like you know just so you know we do close like a half hour so if you want to light it up that's fine but i'm i'm, I'm kicking you out in like 20 minutes or something you know mm-hmm. so i set the expectation yeah yeah but at the same time we shouldn't have to it should be understood well people shouldn't be rude about it yeah you know when we come in and and it's appropriate if people are enjoying hey we're we're going to close up in 10 minutes Is anyone buying anything else does anyone need anything else because we're closing the register don't you know people shouldn't be complaining when that happens it's it's just part of business it's it's part of life you know, it doesn't mean you have to stop smoking. You just can't smoke here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, third, if you need something changed or want something moved, ask yep. before you do it. You know, one of my big pet peeves is when I come down to the lounge and I see that people have moved furniture from one end of the place to the other. Um or when, you know, I, I know that uh, um, it's it can't happen here because things are protected. But I know that, you know, in other shops, I've been told about 
people who have actually gone up and changed the temperature of the thermometer, you know, mm -hmm. up or down, depending on the season, to where they want it to be, without asking permission or mm -hmm. anything, they just do it. It isn't your living room. It's not your place. You're in a public place, and you need to ask before you do things like that. It's not your money that's being spent. It's somebody else's money that's being spent. And just because you may think that you're a really good customer here, that doesn't give you the authority to be able to make those changes. Just ask. 99% of the time, the answer is probably going to be yes. But the polite thing to do is to ask. And that shows that you respect the people that are working in the place that you are smoking and respecting the owner of the shop, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll add to it and say, too, is like when it comes to moving chairs, mm -hmm. definitely ask. But to me, one of the – so, I mean, London Dairy's Lounge has – I think different kinds of areas for different vibes. Mm -hmm. And so we have the high top tables. If you have a group coming in, we mm -hmm. have the, the lounge where the TVs are when you first walk in for kind of your general seating. Like it's comfortable. It's kind of an open area. Everyone's kind of sitting across from each other. You can talk and right. communicate. So I dislike seeing the high tops empty and then a group coming in. And then I'm just like, you know, getting ice out back and I hear like, you know, like an earthquake of stuff moving and I go into the lounge and it's like this sewing circle of the nice chairs in one corner and then it's huge empty space because all the chairs are gone now. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. No. That, I that mean, just I, gets me. Not that, know. not that, and again, like if you want to sit in a group, we have an area, these chairs are like this room to me, in my opinion, I, I could be wrong or just my opinion. That room's not made for that. Right. It's a quiet room. It's, you know, people are just, if you want to sit down and, and just relax and enjoy a cigar, you have a nice comfortable chair, you're, you're lined up next to the TVs, you can just kind of lounge back and relax. So that That's not the area you go get a group, group of eight and you yeah. just take everything and you just take all the ashtrays, just have this little click in the corner. Right. Like, that's... That's what the tables are for. That's what the, the uh, tables outside, you know, on the deck are for if the weather's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. And, and again, you know, um, you know I, I don't think that, you know, ask before you do it. Chances are people will understand and that you'll either find a better place where you could all get together or they'll say, yeah, go ahead and do it. But it just it, it gives a little bit of respect if you ask before you start moving stuff. Then if you move them yourself, move them back. Yes, that too. If you move it yourself, move it back. And another reason to ask is stuff may be difficult to move or may scratch the floor or whatever if, if it's not moved in a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. You know, so you want to do that so that you're not going to wreck the place either. And those chairs are like a couple grand each too. Yeah. And it's like just you know, ragdolling them across the floor. Just don't do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, number four here, I have uh, clean up after yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just to refrain from the last one. Especially, especially, especially trash. Mm. You know, obviously the ashtrays. You know, there's people who are meant to do that, but this is, you know, one of the things you know that that irks me is when I come down after a group of people, um, especially at Hooksit where it's a BYOB place, 
there's, you know, empty cups, there's an empty, you know, bottles of beer or, you know, whatever, uh, or soda cans or whatever. There are trash cans here. <laughs> it's not like there's not We're places not hiding to put them. this stuff. And no. They're not hidden. But, um, you know, trash bags, lunch bags, empty pizza boxes. When you finish with them, you know, you're welcome to do that at, at either location. But take your trash with you when you go and put it in the right place when you go. That's always a big that's always a big thing that lets you lets the people who are running the place know that you are respecting uh the place and the people who work there. Yep. And um yes, and right along with that would be number 5 and that is make sure you take everything with you. Your phone, your wallet, your uh glasses or or you know if you bring a thermal bottle or whatever to drink take it with you you know it's so often that people leave stuff behind and it's just you know sometimes you just forget it's you know maybe it gets put under your seat and you forget to look everybody forgets stuff every once in a while that's not what i'm talking about but there's some people who just seem to be in the habit of leaving stuff and it just just Take everything with you when you go. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, how often do we have people calling at the bar, you know, for phones, for wallets, for glasses, for, you know, that it's it's a regular occurrence. I've had someone accuse me of stealing their lighter. Really? That left it. He was so sure that he left it on the bar, and then I told him I didn't see a lighter. And then he was like, you sure you didn't see it? You really sure you didn't see it? And I was like, I definitely didn't see it. He's like, what light are you using? And he's like asking me what lighter I have. And I'm like, you kidding me right now? Mm. It was like a $20 like Zycar or something. <laughs> well, there's no such thing as a $20 Zycar. It was a really cheap Zycar. It was a really cheap Zycar. Like, I've never seen that. We, we don't even sell it at Twins. Mm. And, yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. All right. Um, Pastor Padron's confessions. Hmm. Cigar confessions, which can also be pipe confessions right now. Um, these are things that are, in my mind, debatable practices that cigar lounges participate in. And I think what I want to do here is maybe look at the pros and cons of each of these. Um, a lot of lounges do these things. And um, the, so I want to know your thoughts on these things. And the first is membership fees for lounge access. A lot of lounges use this. If you want access to the lounge, it's 500 bucks a year or a thousand bucks a year and they may say it may be like you pay 500 bucks but then you get 500 dollars in cigars or whatever you know but you have to pay if you want to utilize the lounge what's your thought on places like that or practices like that i mean for it, it against it on i mean it depends like if you were like, it has to be, I guess it's perceived value, but I just feel like 
if you're if you're offering something like that, I think staples should follow it. Like, twenty uh, four hour entry. You you have your own like humidor box or something like that. Like that, those things should go along with like when you're paying for something like that. That's what it should be like. It should be that level of like five star like quality. Mm-hmm. You know, but like a place like this, that'd be like ridiculous. You know, no. I wouldn't. What do you think, Pat? I mean, it all goes to what kind of business you want to have. And I mm-hmm. mean, with membership fees for lounges, I kind of, the only way I can compare it is like golf club memberships. Right. Like you're, you're attempting to make a home base for somebody. Mm-hmm. So that also means like in, like the cigar industry, you're making kind of a clicky kind of place. So it, it's all based on what, you know, the company wants. Maybe they want to have people that, like a group of people that mm-hmm. know each other and it, it's it's like the home base you know what i mean like it they're home away from home i guess yeah it's like yeah. a club and it has kind of that like nikki kind of feel to it like right and then if you have a place kind of like what twins is where you want you know your everyday smoker to come in your new smoker to come in you don't want that because that's going to deter people from coming in because right. you're not just going to go to twins because oh it's a membership place you have to be like a cigar smoker to go there right you need to know these guys to go there so it's all based on what you well, need for. to make a certain amount of money to go there well yeah. yeah and then that's also a factor as well but you know that's the one thing i don't like about it is that it automatically excludes a certain kind of person mm-hmm. you know that that you're only going to have people of a certain uh ilk in that place and maybe that's what you want is you only want to deal with certain people from that you know thing um but you're doing that you're basically excluding some people from from the experience so one of the things i really appreciate about twins is that there is no um lounge fee or anything like that anybody can come in and enjoy it and we have great space it's not um it's it's not a cheap space. It's a very very nice. It's not pretentious, but it is you know a place where anybody could feel really comfortable and frankly feel special mm. in either place. It's like the only, a, it's like the cheers of cigar world. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. The only positive I can kind of dig out of it, which still doesn't make it beneficial to me, is a lot of the issues we talked about with what people do mm-hmm. most likely wouldn't happen in a membership area because now you're paying to use that area, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more enforceable rules if you have one of those mm-hmm. seats at those places. Yeah. That's probably true. Alright. Let's talk about something else that's... Uh, big thing for cigar people what about places that have cutting fees if you bring your own cigar in you get charged something or you have to have to purchase a cigar or purchase the right to go to the lounge i've been in both places where um if i was not a member of that lounge I have to pay X number of dollars to go and sit in the lounge. So whether I bring my own cigar or not, I have to pay something Mm -hmm. to go in there. And then I know shops where if you do not purchase something that it doesn't matter if you spent 500 bucks on a box of cigars a day before, if you don't buy something that day, 
you can't go into the lounge. What do you what do you think about practices like that? If it's done the right way, I'm not against it. Like you can't double dip. Like mm-hmm. you can't have a cutting fee and then they also have to buy something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they buy a cigar, you don't make them do a cutting fee. Right, right. And then yeah. I, I also think it comes to if you're a place that it, it's strict, you have to buy something every day you're there. Mm-hmm. Just having common sense and knowing your clientele and if somebody bought a box recent and they come in with a cigar from that box or just any anything at that point, you know, mm-hmm. if someone made like a $300 box purchase, you can't be... Yeah, if you want to come back in, you have to buy something. That, that to me, looks desperate. Like, you're desperately trying to get people to buy from you to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the fact that, you know, you are, you know, it's not just, you know, every once in a while, but every day you're having to put out money to provide the lounge. The light, the heat, the internet, the TV, the music, the staff, all that. And so why shouldn't a customer be expected to every day support that by buying a cigar before they go sit down? I mean, I think that if you're using the lounge, you should be contributing to it. But I'm just speaking Mm -hmm. to like if someone buys a box of cigars, you cannot ask them the next day or. I mean, I don't know what time span you make, a week, whatever it is, to buy something right. else if they made that kind of a commitment. Because then you're, you're ba- it's counterintuitive. Because mm-hmm. now you're basically preventing box sales because why am I going to buy a box if I have to come in and buy another single of what's in this box when I come in tomorrow? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is I know so many of our customers that buy boxes and then the next day they come in and buy a cigar. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like another unwritten rule, you know, where you should buy something if you're smoking in a lounge. It, you know, yeah. it really is. But that's what it should be. It should be an unwritten rule. And, um, you know, so, but at the same time, you know, obviously, I'm not going to give a, I don't care if someone buys a box and then comes in and smokes it, you know. Right. Um, but happily my experience here has been you know people buy boxes and then come in and buy more singles because they're aging those (laughs) you know or if they like the place and want to they know they like you they want to make sure you're still here so they they buy a cigar i mean i my big problem my big problem fees and stuff like that i think that's just pretentious yeah Uh, you know my you know the the reason for that cutting fees exist is because i think people you know, look, you're not, if, if you go to McDonald's and you buy a Big Mac and then you go across the street to Burger King and you sit in there and eat your Big Mac because you like the restaurant area better than the McDonald's restaurant area, that, that's never going to be allowed, mm-hmm. right? Why would you buy a cigar from some other place? And then bring it to another place, sit in a lounge, and because you like that person, that lounge, or maybe your shop doesn't have a lounge, you know, the, it, the, there's a there's a rudeness to that that I don't like. You know, I don't know that a cutting fee, you know, gives the right message either. And and in either case, if somebody's a box buyer, like you're saying, or is regularly buying cigars at your place. 
but comes in with something that they did not buy that day. I don't think you need to balk at them or, or offer a, a cutting fee. I mean, to me, requiring a cutting fee is almost, you know, like, you know, it makes me, it makes me wonder, A, are the people that you are having at your establishment really that rude? Or B, do you just not have what the customers want? And instead of getting what they want, are charging a cutting fee so that you make some money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, okay, enough about that. Um, what do you guys think about lockers? A lot of places do this. They, uh, cigar shops will, for a certain fee, rent you a locker, usually for a year at a time that you can put your cigars in your personal stuff if it's a byob place they might let you you know keep a bottle of your favorite spirit in there um what do you guys think about that practice i think that's pretty cool i wish we had one kurt's kurt's never been big on that he he does not want to be responsible for caring for other people's stuff Mm. and you know, they're, they're, I, I've, in, I've seen, a, I've seen reason for that. I've, 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 I've seen places where through no fault of any, you know, n- no fault of anybody's thing. Um, all of a sudden you open up one of the lockers and there's mold on the inside of the door. Now, all of a sudden you have to take other, now, are you going to reimburse people for stuff that's been, that's lost to that? Or are other people going to say, hey, I don't want my stuff here anymore. I want my money back. You know, there's there's risk in doing that. Mm-hmm. And do you really want to be responsible for, for other people's, you know, if, if somebody has hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of cigars in a locker, you know, and, you know, do you, do you really want to, at the end of the day, be responsible for that? Yeah. See, what I would do if I was going to do it, I wouldn't use something that's where all the spaces are humidified at once. They'd be humidified individually with like a Bovita pack that the customer would would have to buy to care for their own cigars, you know, Mm -hmm. and they can rent the space. That's all it is, is a space. And if if you want to put a, you know, your own humidification or whatever, it's responsible, you know, and that way that's on them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not taking care of it or if it dries out, then it's on them. It's on them. What do you think about that, Pat? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I would definitely, I like it and I wish we did it as well. But Mm -hmm. if you did do it, you have to do it the right way. Like you have to, at the minimum, have lockers that are sufficiently sealed. So if someone, Mm -hmm. you you know, your neighbor does something wrong to his, it's not going to impact his neighbors, like mm-hmm. whether it's mold or beetles or whatever issue could arise there. And or I also somebody's think... bottle of booze breaking, and then yeah. that leaks down into into lockers that are underneath it. And I mean, I would have them sign something. Like, if you use this, you're consenting to potential damage, and if anything happens, you know, Kurt's not liable. So then if, if that kind of deters them, 
Alright, that's fine. Don't use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone like me, like, I-, I would just simply use it to keep, like, cutters and lighters and stuff. Yeah. You know? Cutters and I mean, lighters. Yeah, well, think about how often <laughs> does, you know, stuff, life just happen. You just don't have it with you that day, and, you know, it stinks. It's nice to have, like, a backup. You know, maybe, like, I put, maybe, like, you know, a shirt and some pants in there, and when I come out of school <laughs> and I have, like, my, you know, my business stuff on, you know, just change real quick in the bathroom put my smoking stuff on so all my other stuff can get smoky and i don't know there's a lot of weird things you can use that for that's not just cigars and i think people would right. enjoy that that is weird yes but but, but a lot of people leave that. from work they, you know some guys mm-hmm. come in suits you know mm-hmm. and don't want their leave wives to know that there's jacket smoke. in there yeah you do smoking it. jacket yeah maybe we should require smoking jackets smoking jackets Mm-hmm. You can rent a smoking, smoking jacket, jacket for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. It's free to use the lounge, but you have to have a smoking jacket, and the smoking jacket's ten. Yeah, see that? That's <laughs> make uh, make twins branded smoking jackets, and then yep. twins branded scally caps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There you yep. go. There that's you that's go. the agenda. All right. Yep. We need twin scally caps. Period. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. uh, last thing to talk about here, mm. and you already brought this up, Dave. Yep. After hours access. Hmm at a at a cigar bar you know i i know a number of places um that offer that as well and in those type of situations usually there's a back door to the lounge that has a a number key or a key card entry and you know you pay for uh the privilege to have that card or that key code so that you can go in and smoke a cigar Anytime you want, 24 hours a day, whether mm. there's anyone there or not. Sounds like heaven to me. I have enjoyed that privilege myself as a customer. Um, I was on a, uh, um, uh, I was at a seminar once, and I was able to get a bunch of people from the seminar to the lounge because I bought uh, a, a day pass to the to the lounge and as long as i was there i could be there and the way it worked was you know when the cigar shop itself the business area closed the door was locked the door was alarmed if you even tried to open the door the alarm would go off there was no way to get to where merchandise for sale was mm-hmm. right um and i could stay it is somebody who'd rented the space for the day basically I didn't have the code to get in, but I could stay as long as I wanted. So when somebody knocked on the back door, I could open it up as one of my friends, let them in, that whole thing. Um, you know, but as a now that I'm in the retail business, I have to admit there's part of that that scares the ever-leaving, you know, bejeebers out of me because you don't know what you're going to come back to the next day yeah, when like, you open up because the people who are there may or may not clean up after themselves or may not have been responsible and have passed out in the back room or, you know, who knows what may have happened, you know. And, and so as, a, as somebody who's in the business now and not just a customer, um, there's a big part of me that wonders whether or not that's a good idea, even though I enjoyed the benefits of it when I was just a consumer a number of years ago pat i mean my favorite place to smoke is like my dad has an office on elm street 
and they have a smoking room that you can put a code into mm-hmm. and go into. And the difference between that and if we did that at Twins is mm-hmm. Twins is a bar and retail to mm-hmm. where this is just a smoking room in an mm-hmm. office building. And I mean, even if you had the perfect situation to where you can lock up the booze at the lounge mm-hmm. and make sure the retail is secured, you still have ashtrays, you have expensive chairs, you mm-hmm. have Kurt's various antique collection on the wall. <laughs> so I honestly don't know. I don't think it would work for twins at all. No, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it would work for way. twins, but... I, think, I, I like the idea in practice. Yeah, the practice in general, I think, is nice. But, I mean, when you... I mean, tw- places are open pretty late, mm-hmm. as it is. And if yeah. you go beyond that, I think there's not much good that can come out of it. Like, past midnight? Mm-hmm. Like, what else are you going to do? Nothing you know? good happens after midnight. Like, I, I don't know about you, but... <laughs> Past midnight, I, you know, well, depends what I'm doing, but I'm not just sitting, smoking a cigar, relaxing until 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So if I'm up that late doing something, it's probably not something I'm going to want an employee to walk into the next day. Right. So. Right. Um, yes. All right. Let's let's do a little uh, would you rather right now to wrap up before we get to the uh, final thoughts on the tobacco here. And this kind of falls in line, I think, with uh, today um with uh facebook and instagram and whatsapp being crashing and uh, not being available anywhere on the earth Uh, my daughter who maggie who's been living on her um oculus for the last uh 10 months is probably going into epileptic shock right now because she can't talk to any of her friends um would you rather have a lounge in a cigar shop that had no TV or no internet. No, no TV. No TV. Yep. <laughs> that was quick. Yep. No TV. Why? Well, you can watch TV with the internet, but pretending well, don't, that... Don't, yeah. don't give me... Well, don't give me whoa, whoa, I can always you just set up my that. tablet to pretending watch TV. You can't TV is gone. You can't watch crap on your phone or would you rather have internet so that you can you know surf the web or do your you know thing or whatever but we're not talking about you know getting being able to watch youtube or um uh you know hbo on your phone you know Mm. would you rather not be able to watch anything or rather not have any internet access at all well, I'd, I'd, again, yes, I'd rather just have internet, you know? I don't need to watch, I don't watch TV, so I don't need to watch it at a lounge either. I'm big on doing work at a lounge, so mm-hmm. I like having internet because I can kind of set up what I'm doing and get it done. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, just for what I like to do, I think the internet's kind of more sufficient. But, I mean, for for, like... The environment of a lounge, I'd say you want to go TV because you don't need the internet to talk to people because you're going to the lounge to talk to people. Mm, so maybe. personally, I'd rather the internet, but yeah, <clears throat> more practical in a lounge, I'd say TV. Now, um, interestingly, back in the uh, 90s when the internet was just kind of starting out, 
<clears throat> late nineties. I mean, um, the uh, little taste of Cuba where I worked with uh, Jorge, Mister um, Tobacconist University. Um, he didn't have a television, and that was on purpose because he wanted people to interact with each other, and not just sit and stare at the TV. Mm. You know, um, people had their phones and email was around and stuff that certainly wasn't all the stuff that is available now but um there was a lot of social interaction that went on there that that uh you don't always see anymore because people are looking at their phones or watching tv um i guess if i had to pick it would be it would be no tv too i think you know the internet i'd much rather have that Although I haven't really missed Facebook that much. Nope. No, I don't use it. I mean, no, I use Instagram it. more than that, but even that, like. Even that, yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I went on my phone today and I saw it wasn't working and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. I didn't yeah, it yeah. It didn't, I really it didn't ruin my life. It did not ruin my life that Instagram wasn't working. You know. All right. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. Um,. What's our final thought here on the speakeasy and the pairing with the uh, Pomero Anniversario, Dave? The pairing is, like the cigar, is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, they both complement each other very well, the sweetness and the, and the smoke and the sweetness in the, in the drink. Uh, both berry, you know, well, maybe this is more berry and this is more like dark fruit. Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's been spectacular what do you think Very happy. this is your first time with speakeasy yeah a lot a lot of first times here but mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's it has like a nice like the drink has a nice like fruity like dark berry like i was mm -hmm. saying and the tobacco has kind of a dried fruit type flavor so it's really complimentary and i think that the drink actually because after I got through the first third of the bowl, the Perique was starting to kick a bit more. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes with the Tatuaje where it was kind of, the drink was giving my palate kind of a basis to put those spice notes more on the forefront. So mm -hmm. with the transition from the third with the Perique and the drink combining, it kind of gave me like this nice refined spice on the front. And then yeah. like those berries kind of, married together for the finish so yeah no i totally agree um i thought it was a very good pairing uh, and like i said there there is um actual good quality rum that they use to uh, press the tobaccos with with the speakeasy so i think the rum was kind of a no-brainer with that mm -hmm. um, the sweetness of both the oakiness in both the fruitiness in both really played well together uh, very good pairing. The Speakeasy is a great tobacco. I love it. And um, um, I don't have anything more to say about it. You guys pretty much covered everything. Mm. Now, next Monday on Not Just Blowing Smoke, we're going to be looking at the CLE Signature mm. T-H-T-E-K-E -E Cameroon 1118-T-A-A. I love that thing. <laughs> if we oh. have any left. So... We have plenty left. Oh, we, we got we got a bunch. Got, we, we have we have tons. the other sizes now too. We have yeah. tons, and uh, the uh, eleven eighteen size is something that was a a, a TAA release of that cigar. 
And we're also going to be looking at uh, Cornell and Deal's uh, latest small batch release, From Beyond. Mm. From Beyond. Oh, God, yes. So please make sure you subscribe to us here on YouTube. I'd ask you to do it on Facebook, but you can't <laughs> um, right now. If you're watching this months later and Facebook is back up, please subscribe to us on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yep. But, um, and make sure that you follow us too on Instagram when that's back up months from now at not just blowing smoke so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks for being with us tonight. And that's not just blowing smoke people. Thank you. You've been listening to not just blowing smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking on a fancy guard.